are they Christians? And to what level? And to what extent does that look like? Does it just look like claiming a title? Or is that the the sole purpose of their life? Is being a Christ follower, a son and a daughter of the king, is that their identity? Or is that just something that they, a box they would check, like, oh, they grew up in a Christian household? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. I'm your host, Caden Fabrizio, and we're here bright and early, the studio this morning in Pasadena, California. Shout out you and me, media. We love you a ton. Thanks for having us in today. Um, Matt, how are you feeling right now? You feeling good? A little, a little tired? Yeah, we came in early. We had a guest early this morning who happened to reschedule to a later time today, which is fine. Right? You're good with that? Yeah, a little hard pivots. Okay, we're good. But we uh, let, let's just say we've been up since 5 a.m. And uh, we're, feeling it, we're, we're feeling it. But nevertheless, today's going to be a really fun, really good episode. Uh, just a couple little tidbits. That's a good word, tidbits for y'all. Um, first one being make sure you subscribe everywhere. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but the best way to support a podcast used to be reviews. It used to be like, hey, leave a review, and that makes a big difference. But what it really makes a difference nowadays is subscribing. So make sure if you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, that you just subscribe everywhere. It helps us out so much. Um, Spreads the word, spreads the podcast, and uh, gets this message of hope more to to more people easily. Uh, Shout out Life Audio. If you like this podcast and other ones like this, go ahead and go to lifeaudio.com. And uh, you can see tons of other amazing Christian podcasts like this one. Um, they got the full gamut. Dude, the vocabulary is good today. Tidbits, gamut. They got the full gamut. They um, they got episodes on like dating, parenting. They have this one uh, podcast I just learned about that's like all history. And a lot of it's like Bible history. Um, so really cool stuff. Go ahead and go to lifeaudio.com to check out all that stuff. Um, and probably the most important of these announcements is that Yona is stepping into some really cool stuff coming up here soon. I would say, I can't give you much details yet, truthfully, because we're waiting on some ourselves, but, um, make sure that you go to yonanights.com and subscribe to the newsletter and follow us at Yona Nights on socials because we got a lot of cool stuff planned, lots of exciting things. Um, and typically, I would say, hey, if you're a Southern California young adult, you need to pay extra attention. But I'm going to say if you're a young adult, no matter where you are, I would start to pay attention. That's all I can say to you now about that. But I uh, would love to see you at a Yona Nights uh, coming soon. Uh, so let's let's jump into this podcast today. Is that everything, Matt? Did I miss anything? We need to tell anybody anything else? Okay, cool. Also, everyone say hey to Maddie B on the pod. No camera today. It's what happens when Courtney's not here. We're a mess. So, yeah, he's just going to be like the hidden voice from the Lord today where he's just going to be like, was that God? It was Matt speaking. Th- it was God speaking through Matt. All right, let's uh, jump into this podcast today. We're asking the question, what if my Christian friends aren't acting like Christians, 
And uh, I love this question because I think it's really, really important for a lot of us and probably for a lot of us, we've come across this. We've come across this uh, in our lives where we go, wait, I thought you guys were my Christian friends. You guys are, why are you doing that? Why are you drinking that much? Why are you in a club on a Tuesday? Like, why are you, I thought we were in this thing together. And I think as we grow and as we deepen in our relationship with Jesus and as we um, find our tribes of people and find our friends and maybe even move into seasons of, of new friendships, I think we often can find ourselves in this question, what do I do if my Christian friends aren't acting Christian? And I think that there's a lot of good insights that we're going to give you today. But of course, we're always going to uh, set the tone with some foundational scriptures. Proverbs 27, 17, which is the classic friendship verse. If you've ever been in church before, if you've ever, I mean, you don't even need to be in church. Guys have this tatted on their arm and they don't even know Jesus. But it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We'll get more into why I think that's important a little bit later. But 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9 says, You should know this, Timothy. This is a letter from Paul writing to Timothy. That in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. They will act religious. Matt, say it for me. But they'll reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Let's pray and then let's jump into this thing. Lord, we love you so much. Father, we just invite you into this room right now. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this podcast. God, I pray right now you would give us revelation about friendship. Lord, I just know that friendship is dear to the heart of God, dear to the kingdom of heaven, Lord. I just pray today that we would learn how to steward friendship well, how to lead in friendship, Jesus, how to uh, keep each other accountable, how to have grace, and maybe even learn when it's time to separate in friendship as well, Lord. We love you so much. Holy Spirit, would you guide this conversation? Would you guide our lives, Lord? Would you, would you encounter us so we could encounter you? No matter where we are right now, God, if it's in the studio right now, Lord, if it's in our car, if it's in a gym, if it's walking the class, if it's in our cubicle at work, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now you'd begin to speak through me, Jesus, that people would begin to hear your voice and your voice only. Lord, we love you so much. It's your name, name we pray. Amen. I, I wanted to kind of talk about this for a couple reasons. Um, I thought about it the other day when I was, when I was driving. And I felt like it was a question that a lot of people ask because I've been there. I've been at places where the people that I I assumed were the Christian, most Christian people in my life started to act in ways which I was like, I don't know if I can get behind. I don't know if I can continue to like hang with you guys in this area. I don't know if I can do these things. I don't know if I'm into this level of compromise. Um, and I think a lot of Christians get to that point where they go, they ask themselves, what do I do in this area? Because I think it's easy to think like, oh, it's, it wouldn't be Christian to stop hanging out with them. Like it wouldn't be Christian to just ditch them. And, it, you know, I don't want to be like religious and I don't want to be that guy. And so often, like, I think we ask the question, 
what do I do with my Christian friends? Don't act Christian. And oftentimes what do we do is we also stop acting Christian. But I think the first point I want to make today, I think in order for us to answer this question, we have to dissect what is acting like a Christian even mean? Because I think that that's the whole thing. I think you have to differentiate and dive into this meaning for yourself and understanding what does this really mean? Because what if my friends aren't acting like Christians, but they're acting like Christians? You know the difference? What if they're not, their behaviors don't represent Christ, but they're able to act like they still follow him? They're able to put on the act. They're able to put on the facade. They're able to put on the mask. What if my Christian friends aren't acting like Christians or being Christians, but they're acting like Christians? I think you have to first de- decipher what does being, acting, and looking like a Christian look like? Because you can learn how to look like a Christian, but it's harder to live like a Christian. And so I think first we have to, de- we have to de- decide, is there fruit in their life? Are these people actually, do they actually know Jesus or do they just know of Jesus? Are they spending intimate time with him? Is there fruit in their life that represents that they're doing so? Can you see the fruits of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Can you see those represented in their life? Do they speak like believers and do their actions follow their heart? Because I think a lot of times we can sometimes overcomplicate our discretion about people by being like, well, we don't really, we don't know their heart. Yeah, but, more often than not, over a period of time, their heart will be revealed in their actions and their behaviors. Because I always, I always think this, and I'm a strong believer, that your patterns equal your behaviors, which in turn is your character. And so I think you have to decide what does acting like a Christian mean? Because you can act it, but can you live it? Can you actually be it? Are the people in your life that you're disappointed in right now who you're saying aren't acting like Christians, do they actually carry the full revelation of Jesus? Do they actually walk in the full freedom and grace of of Jesus? Do they actually know him? Do they actually follow him? Do they desire nothing more than to, to be obedient to him? Or is it just one of those things like, Oh, I, I assumed they were Christians because their parents were, or I assumed they were Christians because they know how they knew how to say the things. They knew how to act a certain way. But now you're seeing the fruit of the life and you're going, oh, that's not what I thought it was. That's not like being Christians. So I think it's important that we first decipher what does acting like a Christian even mean. And I think acting like a Christian means uh, being a disciple of Jesus. I don't think acting like a Christian is what we maybe think it is. I wouldn't say acting like a Christian is church attendance. I wouldn't say acting like a Christian is how many Bible studies you lead. I wouldn't say acting like a Christian is how many like religious boxes you can check. I wouldn't say acting like a Christian is how many missions trips you can go on. I'd say acting like a Christian and living a Christian life would be the consistency of living a discipled life by Jesus, one that mirrors him. And so that would look like, like I already said, consistent fruit from that in their lives. Um, because you can go to church and still have a rotten heart and you can check the boxes and still be stuck in religion, but not walk in the freedom of Jesus. So I think first you need to get, you need to get to that point. You need to figure out what does my standard look like for acting like a Christian? And that may require you to reevaluate 
your standard you've placed on some of your friends. Because what if my Christian friends aren't acting like Christians? Okay, what if you placed a standard on them that they weren't spiritually mature enough to carry because they weren't there yet? And you were spiritually mature in one way and expected them to be the same but are now realizing they're not. Is that on them? Partially. But partially, I think it may also be on you and the standard that you placed on them because you didn't do a good job of of evaluating the fruit of their life and um, the condition of their life. So I'd say evaluate what that looks like to be a Christian first. Then we can ask the other questions. Okay, so you want to know why aren't your Christian friends acting, acting Christian and what do I do about it? Well, first, are they Christians? And to what level? And to what extent does that look like? Does it just look like claiming a title? Or is that the, the sole purpose of their life? Is being a Christ follower, a son and a daughter of the king, is that their identity? Or is that just something that they, a box they would check, like, oh, they grew up in a Christian household. And then once you're there, I think you can figure out now what do you do? Now what's your responsibility? Because I think there's a responsibility as a believer to obviously point people back to Jesus. Something called the Great Commission. You ever heard of it, Matt? Oh, sweet. Yeah. So it's this thing from the Lord that uh, it's in the end of Matthew, and it, it's when Jesus comes back. He commissions his disciples and anybody who would consider themselves a Jesus follower to go and spread the gospel to make disciples of every nation. And I think we're all called to do that. That's why it's called the Great Commission. He commissioned all of us. Um, And I think it starts with our friends. So what do you do when your Christian friends aren't acting Christian? I think first you set an example for them to follow. Now that's where it gets hard because examples for them to follow may require sacrifice in your own life. Examples for them to follow may be like, hey, I I can go to dinner with you guys, but I'm not going to go to the club with you after. Or example to follow may be like, hey, I'll go to dinner with y'all, but I this is just my conviction. I'm not going to get a beer with you guys um, because I know you guys maybe have a problem with that. So I'll sacrifice that in my life. I, I'm i going to hang out with you guys in these areas and I'll put myself in uncomfortable positions by calling something out in your life that isn't who you should be acting like or isn't who you are, isn't who God called you to be. I'll be the one who call out sin in your life in a loving way um, because I'm setting an example. And then... I'll be the one to live diligently in a way that lives righteously so people can see that Jesus is working in and through my life, not in a religious way, but out of the fruit of what God's done in your life. You can live in a way that you go, I want people to see through my life Jesus. So I'll be open about what God's teaching me to these people. I'll be open about what I'm walking through to to these people. I'll be open about my testimony and how God saved me with these people. I'll make the sacrifices and even the awkward sacrifices to to intervene in a way that sets an example. I think secondly too, what do you do? I think it's okay to uh, separate yourself a little bit. I think if these people in your life that you walked with, that you've been in community with, that have uh, been in this, this uh, your life as people that you would um, rely on in your walk with Jesus, community and they've been people that you've built with and that you're walking with and that encourage you and are supposed to be keeping you accountable as well as you keep them. 
but they've just decided to go on a different path. They started living in a different way. They slowly allowed compromise into their life when at first it was just a little this, and now next thing you know, it's turned into something else that they fully believe is okay now. I would say uh, it's okay to separate yourself a little bit, but you have to do it in a way where it's not a, I'm separating myself because I'm better than you. Because then you do it in a way where you're just harming people. You got to separate yourself in a way where it's, hey, I just don't do that in my life. And the, the door is always open for you to come hang out with me and do what I do. Not because I'm better than you, but because I believe there's better for you. And I think that sometimes that can be a hard line to toe, but it's all posture. I think it's all humility. I think it's all, it only comes out of a genuine place of love. Like if you genuinely love these people, I think you can act out of that place of love. Um, and I think it's easy to act out of that place of disappointment. And sometimes in those people, it's able, it's easy to act like almost disgusted with those people in times and just kind of separate yourself out of like frustration or anger. But I think what you should do is maybe separate yourself or put boundaries up out of love for them. Like, Hey, uh, I love you too much to participate in this harm towards you. Uh, I think also it's okay to set boundaries for your life. Uh, I think if there's people in your life that you see it could potentially cause issues. It could, could potentially lead you into sin. It could potentially lead you into compromise. Um, the things they're doing could trigger some past addictions or, or problems that you, you had beaten and that you no longer struggle with. If those things were coming up in what they were doing, it's okay to set those boundaries and say, hey, I'm not, I'm not crossing those lines with you guys. Because if Proverbs twenty seven seventeen says that as one as iron sharpens iron, so one man can sharpen another, I would also say if iron can sharpen iron, iron can also dull iron, and another person can also dull you. It's not always just sharpening. I think that you can hang around people in in circumstances and at things that lead to compromise and lead to the doling of your spirit, the doling of your senses and the doling of the awareness of Holy Spirit that would lead you to live a righteous, godly life. So I think you have to be aware of those things. You got to be aware of, you know, is this person doling me or are they sharpening me? And that's, it could be harsh language, but I, I think it's just truth. You know, it's like, hey, is this... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Person, do I find myself cussing when I'm around this person that I normally don't cuss around? Do I find myself um, lusting while I'm with this person when like I typically am not lusting? Do I find myself um, making jokes that I don't normally make when I'm around this person? Do I, is there small compromise when you're around these people that are causing your senses to be dulled 
or around these people, are you more aware of the Holy Spirit? Are you more aware of the way you're living? Are you more aware of what you're saying, the stuff you're intaking, the environments you're in, the way you're leading people? Are you more aware to the to the um, leading of the Holy Spirit in your life, or you just get a little dull? Because it's 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 honestly, I think truthfully, I know that um, we are Christians. We are uh, a city on a hill not meant to be covered, not meant for our light to be covered, not meant to hide from darkness. Um, I have a friend who he preaches this message, shout out Dylan, that is called Destined for Darkness, where he presents the idea that Christians are actually destined and designed to be in dark places because that's where light can shine brightest. I 100% agree. But I also think that the reality is is sometimes it's easier to let dark into a little bit of light than let a little bit of light into dark. And I think you have to be careful uh, in those areas. I think um, you have to be careful with how much time and how much influence you're allowing these people to have in your life. Because um, I think it, there can be times where that can get a little dangerous. And there can be times when in, in reality when those temptations to do these things around them just become easy because you see them, oh, they're doing it. And it's easy to justify like, oh, they're Christians. They're doing it. Another thing that I hear a lot, um, I hear a lot from people that are like living, I would say, a less than fully free life, a less than fully full life in Jesus. Um, one that Second Timothy said, they act religious, but they reject the full power that can make them godly. Is You hear this excuse, ah, it's just not my conviction. Okay. At some level, fair. At some level, fair. I, that would be part of my argument for tattoos. There's a whole long list of, of reasons I could give you why tattoos are not sin. However, some people will say, hey, it's just my conviction that I shouldn't get any tattoos. It's like the Holy Spirit has asked me not to get tattoos. Okay, great. If the Holy Spirit has asked you to do something, then he's asking you to be obedient. And when you're not obedient, that's sin. So I think we get in this like idea of like, oh, I'm not convicted by it. You know, like if don't, I'm and not convicted by it, so it must not be sin. No, there's blatant sin that we can be dull to that we say, like, ah, that's not sin. You know, it's, it's not sin. I don't feel bad about it anymore. I don't feel like guilty about it. You know, I don't feel conviction from it. But the truth is, is that's sin. What people misuse that saying of I'm not convicted, that's not my conviction in all reality, a lot of times they use it as an excuse or a get-out-of-jail-free card because they want to continue living in this sin or living in this lifestyle that would be left less than beneficial for them, but they like it, it's comfortable, it's enticing, and it's, and it's uh, satisfying, so they want to do it anyway. So the excuse is, well, it's not my conviction. But the truth of that statement is what I already said. Conviction is hearing from the Holy Spirit. Conviction is hearing direction from the Holy Spirit. Conviction is hearing when you're off kilter from what the will of God on your life is. It's what the Holy Spirit does to correct and to lovingly turn you away from things like sin, things that can harm you in your life. So for you to say something like, hey, sexual immorality is just not my conviction, getting drunk at the club, I'm just not convicted by that. 
first of all, you clearly, you clearly or your friends clearly don't understand the capacity that sin has to destroy your life and to leak into every area of your life. You also don't understand the capacity and the fullness of sin on the, on the spectrum. But then also I think you just misunderstand what that saying means. When you're saying it's not my conviction, conviction is the Holy Spirit has asked you to do something. And your disobedience is what equals the sin. So like the example I already used was tattoos. But to go more in depth for that would be, um, for example, smoking weed. Hey, it's just not my conviction. Okay, well, um, the scriptures talk about how you should be living a sober life. Scriptures talk about how you should not be numbing yourself. Scriptures talk about how you shouldn't be doing things that could lead you into temptation for other things. Um, it's not your conviction, but it's, it's not good for you, and it's clearly sin. Then on the other side, the other side of things is like the, the tattoo thing. I don't have a conviction that I shouldn't get tattoos. It's not sin. I don't have a conviction that I shouldn't get tattoos. But let's say Matt, who has tattoos, but let's say Matt had the conviction he shouldn't get tattoos because the Holy Spirit told him, don't get tattoos. And Matt went and got tattoos. That would be disobedience, and that would be sin out of that conviction. It's not a thing to use to disregard what God has clearly stated as sin. It's actually extra parameters that sometimes God places on other people because he thinks it'd be more beneficial for their life. So the idea it's not my conviction doesn't disregard what's sin at all. Actually, what some of the convictions do is they place a larger responsibility and a larger um, calling almost on your life in a certain area. So like my conviction would be to uh, tell people about Jesus for young adults start a ministry and to be an evangelist would be my conviction. When uh, maybe another pastor, his conviction isn't towards evangelism. It's towards deep discipleship. So if I disobeyed sin, if he disobeyed sin, neither of us are operating in sin. Neither, neither of the things we're doing are sin, but our disobedience would lead to sin. That's my rant on conviction. Hopefully that was clear. Do you have anything to add? All right, second, thirdly, I think, I think once you've figured out what you can do, whether you're going to be a light, whether you're going to be someone that says, hey, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to walk, through, I'm going to walk this out with these people. I'm going to be accountability. I'm going to call things out. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to set an example. Or you decide, hey, I'm going to set the boundary. I'm going to separate from them. Um, I think the next thing you need, to, you need to ask yourself is, can you lovingly separate from these people? Or is it going to be, um, something that would harm these people and actually push them further away from Jesus. Because boundaries are good. Separation is sometimes necessary. But I think sometimes it's only for a season because there is separation, but there's also abandonment. And if you truly love these people, I don't think you'd fully separate yourself from their life. I think you'd still knock on the door. I think you'd still send text messages. I think you'd still say praying for you. I think you'd still send Bible verses. I think you'd still invite them over to your house for charcuterie night. You know, I think you would still invite them to your birthday parties and to go out to dinner. I think you'd still include them on those things. You just wouldn't participate in the other things that they're doing. And when they ask you about it, you'd just are truthful with them in a way that's not condemning, but it's lovingly allows the Holy Spirit to convict. 
Because if they're Christians, if that's what we've decided, they're Christians, so they need to live to this standard, that means that they have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them. They've just been dulled to his awareness, and they're not living in the fullness and the freedom that God offers for them. So maybe somebody like you could kind of knock on that door, reawaken their awareness of the Holy Spirit for a moment, and they could be convicted by the Holy Spirit just in a kind, loving conversation by going like this. Hey, Matt, do you feel like, you know, like going out, You've been going out a lot. You know, I feel like you've been drinking more than usual. I feel like, um, I don't know, your girlfriend's sleeping over at your house a lot these days. You think you think that's like the best thing for you, man? How you been doing with that? I think that, which by the way, Matt's not doing any of that stuff. But I think that those kinds of conversations are loving conversations that bring about opportunities for the Holy Spirit to speak. Opposed to, dude, how the heck could you be acting like this? You just, dude, I'm so ashamed of you. You're so disgusting. That's not, I can't believe that that's like what you do. I thought we were in this together. That's not a loving conversation. That's a condemning conversation. That's a point the finger conversation. That's often a conversation where people go, yeah, and you're so perfect. It's not the conversation. The conversation should always be not to make yourself look right and not for you to say, hey, you need to be like me. The conversation is always to make Jesus look be the, the be the point of the conversation. And say, hey, your life needs to look like Jesus. Your life is not looking like His right now. Your life is not is not in His will right now. Your life is off kilter, not to me, to Him. I think that that can help you in conversations as well. And then the last thing I would say is, um, all of these things they need to be they need to be decided and deciphered through prayer, time with Holy Spirit, and deep discernment. Friends and friendship is something that I believe is so near and dear and close to the heart of Jesus because it even says in Scripture, it's the reason why when when God made Adam, he said man should not be alone and created someone to be a partner for him. It's the same reason why Jesus, when he died, he leaves the Holy Spirit to be our helper is because man should not be alone. Man should, even married people should not be alone, but should have deep community around them to walk in relationship with, to help be pointed back to Jesus for accountability, for a soft and safe place to land, for um, encouragement in their groups. Nobody should be without friends. And I think Jesus so, so, so much cares that you have friendships in your life, that you're not lonely, that there's people around you that love you and that you have good friends. And on the flip side, he cares that you're also that for other people, that you're a good friend, that you're a safe place to land, that you're encouragement, that's your accountability. And I think when you have to start to make these decisions and start to ask yourself, hey, why aren't my Christian friends acting Christian? What are my next steps? You have to go to the Holy Spirit. He knows what's best. He knows what's needed. He can give you the right things to say. He can give you the right boundaries to put up. He can empower you to act out of love and kindness and and gentleness. He can empower you to act out of self-control. He can empower all of those things in you. He can give you the things to say. He He can show you the path to take. It's not a decision that you have to make on your own. And hopefully what I was able to do in today's podcast was give you a full scope of options that you can take to the Holy Spirit and go, hey, God, this group of people is acting in the X, Y, Z. How should I operate? 
what's my plan of attack almost in this area? Is it safest for me to set boundaries and separate or is it better for me to set an example and sacrifice and intervene and almost fight for these people on their behalf? Um, and I think the Holy Spirit will give you the right things. He'll, he'll give you the discernment. He'll let you know. What I will tell you not to do is not act out of emotion. Do not act out of hurt. Do not act out of knee-jerk reactions. Do not act out of disappointment. Do not act out of anger. If you saw your friend do something that disappointed you and hurt you and, and was like, that's who you are, I can't, and it just, it just spun you out, do not act out of that. Always, always, always give emotions, hurt, feelings to Holy Spirit. Let him heal those and work in those and then let him give you the words to speak in the direction to take for these people. Because let me remind you of something you may have forgotten. You love these people and God has called you to love these people and you don't ever want to act in a way that would not show love to them. You don't want to act in a way that Jesus would not act. Um, and I think you can see Jesus do all of the things that we talked about, including boundaries um, with people all throughout scripture. But what you also can see is Jesus fight for the sinner, fight for the, the marginalized, fight for the outside, and fight for the people that are losing their way and bring them home. So that's all my thoughts. Matt, you have anything to add? All right, let's go. That's how you know it's a good one. You know what I'm saying? But hey, guys, I hope this encouraged you today. I hope this was a good podcast. How long was that? Oh, on the money. Let's go. 32 minutes, and I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. We uh, we got a lot of cool episodes coming up, a lot of good guests. Um, but I still love to just sit down every once in a while with just you and me and just talk from the heart and uh, hopefully help you guys, encourage you guys, give you things to think about that help you on your walk practically. I think uh, this can be such an interesting season when you're walking through this question with friends. Do not be discouraged. Uh, also continue to pray that God would bring you those friends that would walk in the same way in which you're walking your true tribe. Matt's yawning, which means it might, must be time to go, but, uh, love you guys. We'll catch you in the next one. Be sure to subscribe everywhere to like the podcast. Also go watch this stuff on YouTube, man. If you're just listening on audio, all of this is on YouTube. You can see our lovely faces. The funnest episodes are the What's Going On episodes. Those ones you definitely got to watch on YouTube. There's videos involved. There's lots of Courtney's facial expressions. There's lots of laughter. It's a good time. Um, so go watch on YouTube. Go subscribe on YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash Caden Fabrizio to check out all of that out. And then lastly, go ahead and go to CadenFabrizio.com and uh, subscribe to the newsletter so that you know when new podcasts come out, when merch is dropping, which it's dropping. I just got to like finalize some things. You ever just like, like see something, you like it, but it's just like, mm, just a little off. The merch designs are just still a little, just like, just a little off. So as soon as that clicks for me, I'm going to release it. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned guys. Cause honestly, you know, the plight of a creative, it could click right now when I get off the this so anyway love you guys uh have a great rest of your week we'll catch you next week and uh we love you see ya hello 
My name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.